Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen. Well, today I want you to get your Bibles and go with me to the Psalms. Right there, about in the middle of your Bible, you will find the Psalms. And the title of today's message is Health, Sanity, and Stability. That sounds good, doesn't it? Why don't I say that one more time? The title of today's message is Health, Sanity, and Stability. Chances are that through this time of crisis in our nation and through this present season of distress, you've been feeling like you need one of these three three things. Maybe you're you're saying, I really need health. You know, it's flu season. It's cold season. There's COVID-19 spreading all around us, and people are afraid. People are in fear, and people are getting weary Physically, there's a fight going on, and we need health. But how about this one, sanity? You know, right now, it seems like some people have absolutely lost their minds. And maybe you've been looking on the Internet, and today it's time to stop looking on the Internet and start looking to God's Word and find some sanity, find some peace of mind. Or how about this one, stability? Things are changing so rapidly, or maybe things aren't changing rapidly enough. I know with stay-at-home orders, sometimes it can seem like a day is a week. My goodness, the other day I was talking to our staff, and I said this week, the week of Friday, and it was kind of a slip of the tongue, but it was so appropriate for what we're going through right now. Every day seems like it's a week. And so you need some stability. I need some stability. And we find stability in God's Word. You know, if I could have named this message something else, I probably would have named it Psalms for Contagion, Stay-at-Home Orders, and Volatile Markets, because that seems to be the things that are on people's minds these days, and yet God has an answer for us in his word. You know, there's a, a great man in the Bible by the name of David. David was probably the greatest king that Israel had ever known. I mean, without a doubt, this man expanded the borders. He set up the kingdom. He was a man after God's own heart. Most of the book of First and Second Samuel, and as you get into First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, David's life and influence permeates those books. But as well, additionally, it goes on much beyond that. It goes on into other books of the Bible, even into the prophecies, and even into the different things that are taking place uh, on into the events of the New Testament. And the Bible says that Jesus himself is king enthroned in the lineage of this man, King David. That God fulfilled his promise to David to set up his house forever and his kingdom, enduring to all generations through his son, Jesus Christ. Wow, what a man and what a legacy. And King David was acquainted with isolation. King David was acquainted with being alone. King David, this man after God's own heart, had that heart oftentimes because there was no one else around him. It was just him and God. Maybe you've been feeling that way, like you've been isolated. Maybe you've been feeling like, I'm going to go out of my mind because it's just me. But can I tell you something? You're never alone. God is with you wherever you go. And if you're like David and you're wise, and you take those moments of solace, you take those moments of isolation, that the world would tell you maybe, or maybe even your mind is telling you, this is wrong or this is bad. Take those moments and redeem the time with God. God can turn them into things that will bring beauty and influence beyond anything that you could have imagined. We're going to play around in the Psalms today and talk about health, sanity, and stability throughout the Psalms. And I'm just going to go through three Psalms, but I want to encourage you. Maybe you got some time on your hands. Most likely you do. 
take some time and, and identify some things in the Word of God that you're dealing with. Did you know that you'll find in the Word of God depression? Did you know that you'll find in the Word of God anxiety? Did you know that you'll find in the Word of God insanity? It's all here in the Bible. And so as we look through these things today, I'm just giving you three things, but there could be a million things that you're dealing with. You'll find it here in the Word of God. So let's start with health for today, health. First thing that I want to talk to you about is health. And when I say health, I want to talk to you specifically about physical health. God cares about our physical bodies. I know it may seem a little bit below God's pay grade to, you know, take care of us with a cold or a flu or a virus or something like that. But God himself cares about our physical bodies. And King David writes in Psalm 103, and we're going to start in verse number one, and we're going to read through verse number five. Psalm 103, and we're going to read verse number one down through verse number five. Somebody asked online, and they said, hey, what version does Pastor Dan use? I want to follow along. I'm using the New King James Version, unless otherwise noted. All right, so note it. There you go. Psalm 103, starting in verse number one. Look at this. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. You know, I can't even read that without stopping for a moment and just blessing the Lord. You know, isn't God good? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he amazing? Isn't God awesome? I just want to take 10 seconds right now. And if you would, even in your homes, maybe you just want to start clapping, start shouting. And I want you to just bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Ooh, that's good. Second verse repeats it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Do you know that there's a benefit to God? There's a benefit to following God. There are blessings that come with God's presence. When you start to bless the Lord, when you start to bless God, hey, don't forget the good things that come with your God. Look at verse number three. Who forgives all your iniquities. I love that. He forgives not just some of your iniquities, but he forgives all of your iniquities. Every sin, when it's placed under the blood of Jesus, when you repent and when you come to God and you say, God, I am sorry, God, please forgive me. Did you know that God is faithful and just to forgive us? The Bible says in 1 John chapter number 1, verse number 9. But the verse doesn't stop there. Notice he, he talks about our iniquities, but then he goes on in the next part of that verse, and it says, who heals all your diseases. So just like God cares about our spiritual life, God also cares about our physical life. Just like God has taken care of the sin issue that we dealt with in all of our lives, all of us are dealing with it, right? God's taken care of it by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, but guess what else he's taken care of? He's taken care of the things that physically come against us says, who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, verse number four, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. God places those things right on your head. God blesses you with his kindness. God blesses you with tender mercies. Can you imagine God coming and just gracefully, graciously placing a crown on your head? My goodness, like a loving father kissing your head like a dad does his child. Verse number five, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
Oh, can you imagine an eagle for a moment that's headed into a storm? Can you imagine an eagle for a moment that starts to fly? And what does he do? He just puts his arms up. He just starts to spread out his wingspan. And as he spreads out his wingspan, he's able to get that lift and fly high above the storm. See, he doesn't have energy in himself. No, it's not about what he can do in the natural, even though he may flap a little bit. But if he'll just stretch out his arms and allow the wind to lift him, guess what? He will be able to go around and around much longer and much higher than ever before. See, in the same way we as Christians, when we start to raise our arms, when we start to bless the Lord, when we don't forget all of his benefits and we allow the wind of the Spirit to raise us up, God will renew your youth like the eagles. God will take care of your physical body. God will quicken your mortal body, the Bible says, because Jesus Christ is the healer. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the book of Acts tells us that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. Jesus is the healer. I remember one time I was taking a car ride, and I was driving a a friend home, and as we got close to his house, he's just writhing in pain. His back was in so much pain. And he just couldn't even sit still in the car as we were going. And as we pulled up to his house, we stopped and I parked the car and I got out to say goodbye to him. And we're good friends. And so I gave him a hug. But you know what? When I gave him a hug, I ambushed him. I just grabbed a hold of him and I didn't let go. And I prayed an ambush prayer over his body. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this back is healed right now. Amen. And my friend just, you know, kind of stepped back with a startled look on his face. But all of a sudden, a smile hit his face. And the reason why he was smiling, he told me, was because my back feels better. Oh, my goodness, God just healed me right now. See, all it took was a moment of faith. All it took was just a quick prayer. And all of a sudden, God released his healing power into that physical body. See, start to bless the Lord. Start to lift up his name. Start to believe God. Don't forget that God will take care of your sin, yes. But guess what else God will take care of? He will take care of your health. My goodness, if you ever were wondering if God wanted to heal you, if you ever had a a problem getting over the fact that God is a supernatural healer, remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want you, if you're struggling with your physical health, to meditate on Matthew 8. Okay, let me say that again because it rhymes, and you're going to remember this. Meditate on Matthew 8. One more time. Meditate on Matthew 8. Why? Because Matthew 8 talks about Jesus going about and his will to heal and what he did. A couple of quick scriptures. I'm just going to rapid fire these quickly. Matthew 8, verse 2 and 3, and behold, a leper, you know, leprosy, not a leopard like the, the cat, right? A leper who had leprosy, an incurable disease at that time. A leper came and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He had faith and he believed that he had the ability to do. But what he didn't know about yet was whether or not Jesus, this rabbi, this teacher, this Messiah, this God, man, was willing to reach out and touch somebody who was infirm. Look at the response of Jesus in the next verse. Verse 3, that Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. If you read on in the 
chapter, you'll find that there was a centurion who comes to Jesus and he says, would you come and would you heal my servant? He lies sick at home. And Jesus says, I will come to your house and I will heal him. The centurion said, nope, I'm a man of authority. I understand who you are. And I know that if you just say the word that my servant will be healed. Two times in the Bible, Jesus marveled. He marveled at this man's faith. And he looks at him and he goes, oh my goodness, I have not seen such faith even in Israel. And from that hour, he says, your servant will be well. And from that very moment, the servant was healed. It goes on down in the chapter, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, look at this, and healed all who were sick. It was Jesus' will that he was going to heal everybody who was sick at that meeting at that time. My goodness, it's still the will of God today for you to be healed. Jesus wants to touch you, and he wants to heal your physical body. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. This is Isaiah chapter number 53, talking about the suffering servant. And many times people have said, well, Isaiah 53 is not about physical healing. It's only about your spirit, man. It's only about taking on your sins. It is absolutely about taking on your sins. But guess what else? Right here in the book of Matthew, he interprets it for us. Jesus physically healing people was interpreted from Isaiah chapter 53 where it says he himself took our infirmities our sicknesses look at this and bore our sicknesses Jesus takes on our diseases on himself by his stripes we were healed be healed in Jesus' name right now. Come on, if you're not feeling well in your body, just put your own hand wherever you're feeling sick. Maybe you just want to put it on your head and right now just say, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Jesus gives us health. Second thing that he gives us, second thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about this weekend is sanity. Sanity. You know, a lot of people have lost their minds and that was even before a crisis broke out. I look around the world sometimes and I wonder, is there anybody who just has at least a little bit of common sense? Because some of the things that people are spewing, the venom that is pouring out of their mouths online or even on the news, my goodness, it it just amazes me at times that, that there's no sanity. And many of us are looking for peace. We're looking for peace of mind. We're looking for some sanity and some mental stability. And don't you know that the Bible has that for us? God gives it to us. Again, King David Here he is, probably a young man on the hills of Judea, looking after his father's sheep. And there, I would imagine that with this time of isolation, with this time of solace, he just had these beautiful moments with God. And there he is, tending his father's sheep and thinking about his own life and thinking about God. This young man just had a heart for God. And in Psalm 23, probably one of the most famous psalms in the entire Bible, Some of the most famous verses, really, in the Word of God. And in Psalm 23, many times you hear this, uh, maybe you've seen a movie and everybody's outside in the rain and they got their umbrellas up with sunglasses on. I don't know why they have sunglasses on in the rain. I mean, that's just kind of weird to me. But anyways, they're all out there, all wearing black. They got their umbrellas up. They got sunglasses on in the rain. And what is the minister saying? He's saying Psalm 23. And oftentimes we associate this with death. But can I tell you something? This psalm is not about death. This psalm is about life, your life and my life. Let's read it together in Psalm 23. And I'm going to read verse number one. We're going to go down through verse number six. Psalm 23, verse number one, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse two, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Notice the peace. Notice the serenity. Notice the sanity of all this. 
that I don't have to think for myself. God is the one who makes me to lie down. When you lie down, you're at rest. And not just in any place. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's where you wanted to take the sheep to because they could get the nourishment that they needed. He makes me, leads me besides the still waters. Not the turbulent waters, not the roaring waves. No, he leads me beside the still waters. Look at verse 3. He restores my soul. You know, it's easy to get weary, isn't it? It's easy to get fatigued. I I know this past week, with as many decisions as we've had to make, I've had a bit of decision fatigue. You might be in the same thing, man. Uh, It might have started with work or not work or stay home or go out, shopping or not shopping, toilet paper or brawny towels. I don't know. You know what I mean? we, We all have a lot of decisions that we've had to make, a lot of things that have been coming at us rapidly, a whole lot of stuff that we've been having to deal with at times. And so we're needing some sanity. We're needing to have that mental rest. And the Bible says that God restores your soul. Maybe you've gotten snappy. I know that uh, my wife just asked me the other day, hey, what do you want for lunch? And I was like, can you just not ask me about that right now? You know, and I just snapped back and I had to stop and repent and go and pray for a moment and come back and say, you know what? I just, I realize I've got decision fatigue. You know, when lunch is making me lash out, I've got a problem. And yet, when you take your problems to God, when you get into the presence of God, and when you allow him to lead you, he will lead you much beyond lunch. He will restore your soul. That's what we all need. We need some sanity at this time. He restores my soul. Still in verse 3, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God will lead you down the right paths. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, this is where we oftentimes think about this psalm as dealing with death, because it talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But notice it's not even death. It's just death's shadow. Do you know that a shadow has no power over you? I mean, people don't run scared when they see a shadow of a car coming at them. They run scared when they see the car coming at them, don't they? And yet here, it's just the shadow that's coming. And he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. God, as the good shepherd, has a rod. He will take out that long rod, and he will start to beat away any wolf, any predator that comes at you. When the devil comes prowling, when he comes to devour, when he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, God will raise that rod, and he will run him off. But also, he has the shepherd's crook, the staff, that if you fall down, if you wander off, if you drift away, if you get downcast, discouraged, or depressed, if your mind is playing tricks on you, God will take that. And you know the shepherd's crook had a crook for a reason. It, it spun around. Why? So that if you got stuck in a hole, if you got stuck in a ditch, he could take that, he could wrap it around you, and he could lift you back up to where you need to be. The Lord is our shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. Why? Because I know that God is going to take care of my life. You know, many times we think about things and it drives us nuts. Many times we just get in our own minds, we get in our own things, and we play out scenarios. I heard the story of a young traveling salesman. He was driving down the road late one night and it was getting kind of late. And as he was going down this old country road, it started to get bumpy. And he heard something clanking around in his engine. And wouldn't you know it, after a while, the engine just stopped working. It seized up and it stopped. And he had to pull over to the side of the road. And he's there. And he gets out and he opens up the engine and he sees the part that's come loose. And he knows that if he could just get some tools, that he could take that and he could put that back in the place and he could get on the road again to where he needs to be. But he didn't have any tools, and so he started to look around, and he saw way off in the distance there was a farmhouse. And he thought, oh, man, it's so late, and 
wonder what's going to happen. But he started to walk towards the farmhouse thinking, well, I'll just knock on the door and, and I'll just ask if they have any tools that I could use. I'm sure that they're nice. I'm sure that they're friendly. But as he started to think about the scenario, you know, just like a salesman would do, he started to go through what he was going to say. And so he said, okay, and when I get to the door, I'm going to knock on the door. And as I knock on the door, I'm going to hear, who is it? It's really late. What do you want? And I'm going to say, please, can you help me? I, I, I just need some tools. My car broke down. They're going to say, do you realize what time it is? Uh, my goodness, at this ungodly hour, are you going to bother me for some tools? And I'll say, but I just needed, uh, just give me a wrench. If I could just get a wrench, that's all I need. And they're going to say, would you quit bothering me? My family's all shut up. It's already late. And by the time this young salesman got there, wouldn't you know that on the inside, he was just a wreck. And so he stormed right up to the door of that farmhouse. He banged on the door and he started to yell, hey, I need some help. I need some tools. And they shouted back, who is it? And he says, you know darn well who it is. And guess what? I don't even want your tools. If those were the last tools on earth, I wouldn't even try and borrow them. And he marched off again back towards his car. Now, that obviously didn't help him one bit, did it? Why? Because he had played it up in his mind so much that he was already angry and he was already at a conclusion that hadn't even happened yet. And don't you know that when we get in our minds, when we get in our thinking, we can play things out and we can make them worse than they actually are. And that gets us into fear, gets us into anxiety, gets us into places that we don't need to be. But what if you really did play out the worst case scenario? Let's say, what if? What if you take it to the extent, my daughter, I had a conversation with her one time, and she was, Dad, I'm worried. I'm worried about what's going to happen and what's going to take place. I said, well, let's just take this out. Let's just play this out for a second. What if the worst actually did happen? What if we all got sick, and what if we all died? That's about the worst that could happen, isn't it? But the Bible says for Christians, for believers, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Can I ask you something? Is that so bad, being with Jesus? No more sickness, no more pain, no more strife. We get a new body. We're now perfected. We'll see him as he is, and we'll be like him. Oh, my goodness. That's like the best thing that could happen, right? See, God takes those things on earth, and he redeems them, and he changes them, and death is no longer death like it used to be before Christ. Now, the Bible says in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Guys, can I tell you like this? We've got nothing to lose in Christ Jesus. When you have Jesus Christ, you have everything that you need. You no longer need the things of this world. You don't even love your physical life, your natural life, your temporary life here on the earth. No, we will be faithful and we will serve God even unto death because to live is Christ. I'm here for Jesus right now. I'm here to spread the gospel message right now. But to die is gain. I get to go and be with Jesus. Come on, somebody ought to give the Lord a great big shout of praise. Last thing for us today is this, is stability. Stability, not only health, not only sanity, but stability. In the Psalms, there's a great Psalm in Psalm 37. I'm going to read some verses out of Psalm 37. And in Psalm 37, I'm going to read verse number 3 through verse number 5, and then we'll skip down to verse 23, and we'll read through verse number 26. Psalm 37, starting in verse Number three, some great verses. You ought to mark these down. You ought to write them down. You ought to meditate. You ought to go back and read the rest of the psalm sometime this week. Psalm 37, starting in verse number three. Look at what it says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. that amazing? Awesome verses. Verse four, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. 
What a promise from God that as we delight ourselves in him, that he will give us the desires of our heart. Not only give us the things that we want, but give us things to want. When you start to delight yourself in the Lord, God will actually change your desires. For some of you that have been struggling with sin, this might be a revelation that if you will sink yourself into the Lord, if you will dwell, if you will feed on his faithfulness, if you will trust him beyond what you've been trusting in that sin and those things that you've gone back to in the past, and as you start to feed on his faithfulness, it will go inside of you, it will fuel you, and it will change you. And that as you delight yourself in the Lord, not delighting in the fix, not delighting in the high, not delighting in the pleasure or the experience, experience or whatever that thing is that you've numbed yourself with, but now delighting yourself in the Lord, guess what happens? He will give you new desires. He will give you the desires of your heart. You will now have a heart after his own heart, just like David had. David, he messed up. David had a lot of things that took place, but David always repented and always ran back to God. And you don't find David making the same mistakes over and over again. Why? Because David repented and he went before God and he allowed God to change him and to move him forward in the same way we can. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse number five, look at what it says. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. You know, in a time of uncertainty and instability, we need to commit our ways to the Lord. We need to place our lives in the hands of God. And as we do that, guess what? God will bring the things to pass that need to come to pass in our lives. God will take care of us. God will be the stability that we need. Drop down to verse number 23. Look at what it says. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Notice we were delighting in God, right? And as we delight in God, God starts to give us the desires of our hearts. But guess what? Now all of a sudden it turns it around, and it says that God delights in us. Can you imagine God looking at your life and just smiling? Just looking at you. Man, you, you would have thought God would have looked at you and would have winced or turned away or got angry. Maybe you thought he would have raised up his fist or something at you. And yet the Bible says a good man, a good man. Good is what God says. When you're following the ways of the Lord, when you're trusting your life in his hands, now all of a sudden that's according to what God says. That is the good that we're doing. And it says that as we do that, God orders our steps. He will lead us. And God will take care of us, and God will delight in our way. Look at what it goes on to say in verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. What a promise from God. Maybe you were set back. Maybe you were laid off. Maybe something happened that you thought, I can't recover. But guess what? If you're in the grip of God's grace, then God has you. God will take care of you, and God will lift you up. Goes on in verse 25. I've been young. And now I am old. Now, I can't say that like David just yet. I can say I've been young and now I'm middle-aged. But maybe those of you who are watching, you can say I've been young and now I've been old. And I can, I can testify right now. Somebody at home ought to wave a hanky and say, yeah, I can say this. Because I'm at that age where I've got some experiences under my belt. I've got some wisdom. Guess what? I've been young and I've been old. But look at what it goes on. And it says, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging for bread. God will not leave you. God will not forsake you. Even though the market may crash, even though finances may fly away, even though things around you may be tumbling down and it may feel like the most unstable time of your life, if you're in the grip of God's hand, God's got you and he will take care of you and you will not be forsaken, nor will your children be out begging for bread. Oh my goodness. Verse 26, he's ever merciful and lends and his descendants are blessed. That's talking about you, and that's talking about me. 
if we are the righteous, if we're following the will and the way of the Lord, God will take care of our needs. God will watch over us. God will bring us stability in the midst of volatile markets. I have a phrase I'm going to put up on the screen for you, and it's simply that stability is based on our foundation. Stability is based on our foundation. Here's a question for all of us. Who holds you? Are you gripped by fear? Then guess what? You're going to be unstable. Or are you gripped by God? Because if you're gripped by God, then nothing can shake you. John Cavanaugh was a Jesuit philosopher, and he went, like many did, to work with Mother Teresa in Calcutta, India. And when he met her, she asked him what she could do for him. He responded by asking her to pray for him. And his prayer request was that he would have clarity. In his own words, he says this. He says, she said no. That was that. When asked why, she announced that clarity was the last thing that I was clinging to and had to let go of. When I commented that she herself had always seemed to have the clarity that I longed for, she laughed and she said, I have never had clarity. What I've always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust. See, for all of us, we need to know that God is more interested in us trusting him than he is in taking away the trial. We go through the valley of the shadow of death. It's through many trials and tribulations the New Testament says that we will enter the kingdom of God. Jesus promised in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. God doesn't take us out of the test and out of the trial. Oftentimes he leaves us right in the center of it. But if we're gripped by fear, then we're going to be shaking and we're going to be taken down. But if we're gripped by God, we will be stable. See, stability is based on our foundation. If Jesus Christ is your foundation, then you will never be moved. You cannot be brought down. Are you looking to the government or are you looking to God? Are you looking for solutions or are you looking to the Savior? Are you looking for answers or are you looking to the Almighty? See, it is a matter of trust. Do you trust God in this present trial? Do you trust God with your very life? For health, for sanity, and for stability, we need to go to God. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.